0: So y'all, last year, at the end, last quarter of last year, the Lord, I believe he spoke to me. I don't say this a lot about stuff, uh, but I believe he spoke to me because I go to him at the end of the year and I say, Lord, what's the theme for next year, you know? And like most pastors like get to rhyme or something, you know? Uh, 2023, the year we're going to get free. Well, are free in 2023. That did rhyme and that did happen. Somebody say Amen. Uh, You can clap on that. Amen. And, uh, you know, 2024 is the year for more. I'm expecting more. Somebody say amen. amen. But the Lord told me that this year would be the year of vindication and validation. And he began to really talk to me about how... Seeking validation and vindication is the motivation. I'm rhyming now, right? Vindication, validation is the motivation for much of people's behaviors. Sometimes you're doing things you don't understand why you're doing them. It's because you're seeking vindication and validation. Sometimes when other people are acting strange or weird, many times they're seeking vindication and validation. And uh, so we're going to start off tonight. Boof, don't worry about this. Y'all don't have this part. Pick up when I... I I just want to kind of give you some signs that you might be dealing with Seeking out vindication and validation for yourself. All right? Are y'all ready? Oh, this is going to be good. Signs that you might be seeking vindication. Number one, you do what we call excessive approval seeking. Constantly seeking approval and validation from others is a clear sign that someone is seeking Vindication of validation. They may constantly seek reassurance. Is this okay? Is this okay? Are you sure? Are you sure? Ask people for validation for their choices or decisions. Rely heavily on other people's opinions and other people's decisions. Number two, people pleasing behaviors. Sure, we don't have people out here doing that. Seeking to please other people. Dysfunctional families many times operate on this. It's really a form of witchcraft. Sometimes you have a mother uh, that's doing it. She's the matriarch or a patriarch. You know, I don't approve of this, or you know, I mean, it's not anything sinful, ungodly. It's just, you know, and people live their lives based on. What mama thinks is okay. Seeking to please somebody else. People go through great lengths to ensure that others are pleased with them. They may prioritize others' needs and desires over their own and have difficulty, watch this, setting boundaries. Nobody in here has problems setting boundaries, I'm sure. Number three, the need for external. Vindication and validation all the time. Always outside of you. Are we talking about that? We've talked about that already. Always seeking compliments. You know, it's okay. I mean, a wife to a husband, of course. How's my hair? How's my, you know, that's natural. She wants to please her husband. But I'm talking about just over excessive. It's all the time. Um, need people to compliment. Need people to like them and... Um, like what they're wearing, like you know whatever the decision that they've made. Need other people to what we call cosign on their decisions. Uh, number four: lack of self-confidence. Individuals seeking vindication and validation have low self-confidence. Rely on external uh, validation to feel good about themselves. Always doubting their own abilities. I, I could never, I could never do that. Not me. Constantly questioning their decisions. Now, if you live in an abusive situation or traumatic situation, some people will make you doubt your decisions. (laughs) The running joke with husbands, you know, we come out getting ready to go out with our wives, and they say, you wearing that? No, I was wearing this to go to the closet to find what I was wearing, right? Cast doubt. This, I thought this was fly. mm No. Right? Don't match. <laughs> and some of that is okay because you don't want to be looking tacky. And your wife don't want you looking tacky. Somebody say amen. <laughs> but constantly, somebody, if somebody's always constantly questioning your decisions all the time, then you start doubting them sometimes. And in psychology, they call this gaslighting, right? Yeah, in relationships and so forth. Um, this is a big one. Young people, gappers, this is a big one. Oversharing. Y'all know about oversharing? You told this person your whole life story, you just met him yesterday. Told him everything. <laughs> I remember when me and my wife was dating. We were high school sweethearts. And it was a thing back then, you know. Like boyfriends, new day, girlfriends, menstrual cycles. And I messed up one time and asked her, so when's your when's your period? <laughs> None of your business. What do I need to know for? We weren't doing that no way. So I, do I need to know? Nah. People be oversharing. Oh, boy. Our girls these days. Oh, God. Oh, God. No modesty, tell everybody everything, yeah. And we're in that culture. But people overshare, why? Personal information, people seek validation, they feel the need to overshare personal information in an attempt to gain validation or empathy from others. They divulge intimate details of their life or past experience to elicit vindication of validation from other people. Nobody in there has ever done that, right? It's real quiet. Number six, excessive. Uh Uh-oh. Excessive. Everybody say excessive. Excessive. Repeat it. Excessive. Excessive. Social. Social. Media. Media. It's getting quieter and quieter. Engagement. Excessive social media. Dude, I just don't get it. Back when I was eating meat, I'm at five guys eating a great burger. I got to, before I can bite the burger, I got to take a picture of it, post it on social media, and hope somebody like it. So it don't taste as good unless you like, I don't give a flip who like the burger, I like it. I got 500 likes in an hour when I posted that burger. Y'all, y'all, somebody gotta come explain that to me. Help me out. <laughs> I remember when TikTok came out. I asked. I was offering money to kids that could explain. It. Okay, what is it though? What is it? They, they could never. It's just a thing that you do. Nobody's ever really explained it to them. I asked, I asked some kids. I said, "Minecraft. Why do y'all like it? Like, it's, it. It looks like something that came out before Atari." We was, like, why do you like it? Like, nobody could ever explain, it. Yeah. And I just don't, I can't, I don't understand the social media stuff. I just don't. It's all fake to me, right? Okay, are, are those 500 friends your real friends? Can you call them and get $500? What's all about? Never got on it. I don't understand it. Whatever. People try to explain it to me too. Back in the day. Oh, you got to have, you got to be on it. You got to do, well, you know what? Never got on it. And, you know, God blessed me with a campus. Come on, somebody. Yeah, never got on it. God blessed me with the house on the lake. Never got on. Like, what you need? Because you can be out there. Out there doing what? For what? Some of y'all need to come back in here. And get less out there. Somebody say amen. But people do that because they are seeking some type of, and then the filters, right? They got a filter to make me look like Anna and I do know. Yeah. I look like, on a filter. Yeah, I've seen, this is so funny. I'm just looking straight ahead. I've seen some of our church members' um, profile pictures. Some of them, they use some of the same ones on some of our stuff too. And I'm like, who is that? Filtered out. Hello, and I know that they, they, picture is the one they put on the dating site or something. 'Cause they, be... <laughs> they put the lips all out, With the potty lips. <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize if I'm messing with anybody in there. I don't have anybody in mind. I don't. I ain't thinking about nobody. But I just know I've seen that, and and and. and uh, and come across that over the years. All right. Excessive, excessive. Seeking validation through social media is common. The digital age, someone seeking validation may excessively post, share, seek likes, comments, followers to boost their self esteem. Number seven, comparison and envy. Nobody does that, do they? <laughs> I'm 30 and he 30 and he a millionaire and I'm 30 and I'm still working so, hey y'all forget about that can I tell you one thing I'm a living witness God can take you from zero to me and a hero in less than a year if you believe that you ought to say amen. Amen. amen he can do that he got all kind of ways he got 8 billion ways to do it because they're Over 8 billion people on this planet. And you know, everybody ain't broke. Somebody say amen. And God can give somebody, the right person, that that just look at you and then just, I don't know, they just favor you. They want to help you. They want to to bless you. Somebody say amen. 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 Praise God. That's what my wife did. She saw me with a bunch of dudes She said, I'm going to bless him. And she, she showed me some favor. Somebody say amen. Gave me that number. And boy, it, it, that was all she wrote. Four kids later, 32 years of marriage. Amen. She favored me. Somebody say amen. All right. People seeking validation may frequently compare themselves to others, feel envious of their accomplishments or attributes. They may constantly seek external validation to measure up, to the others, they feel, you know, all the people, people used to envy, like all the stuff coming out about what they had to do to get in them positions and get that money. You still envying them now? Nah. <laughs> you can have that. Somebody say amen. Because if I got to be less than a man to get a million dollars, I'll just be without a million dollars. Somebody say amen. But guess what? You don't have to. You can serve God. Come on, somebody. Follow him, Amen. Hello, and if you're willing and obedient, you'll do what. And then the blessing of the Lord maketh, yeah, and no sorrow. Number eight, fear of criticism or disapproval. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna move on. Number nine, difficulty making decisions. We talked about that. And number 10, fragile self-esteem. Person seeking vindication, validation may have a fragile self-esteem that is easily influenced by external validation and, or criticism. They may experience significant fluctuation of their self-worth based on the validation or lack thereof that they receive from others. Many of us have these issues. Alright? So how are we gonna deal with them? Alright, let's go. Uh, Psalm 17 and 2. Psalm 17 and 2. Let's get it. It says, let my vindication come from you, for you see what is right. Let my vindication come from you. It's not wrong to want validation of vindication. We talked about it Sunday, that stress, not stress, trauma, Leaves people open to wanting to be validated. That's why you should protect your children. Somebody say amen. Amen. Protect them from molestation and stuff. Because that creates a question on the inside. What's wrong with me? If a boy is touched by another boy or a man, it always raises questions. What do I have to do to prove that I'm a man? So they go one of two ways. Either... They become a womanizer. Seeking that validation. So a man touched me. So I got to prove that I'm not a homosexual. So then I got to conquer every woman that I can. Just look straight ahead. No one nobody knows you. Same thing with women. Young girls. Molested. Right? So then she got by a girl or by a woman. Then she got she to gotta be promiscuous. Or... They go the other way. I must be same sex because that's who messed with me. All right? Still seeking validation. Still seeking vindication. So it's not wrong to want vindication, but how do you seek it? How do you get it? Number one, it says your vindication should only come from God. Because he sees and knows what's right. If he knows what's right, he also knows what's what? Wrong. He saw you when you got mistreated. You know, I've been thoroughly blessed. Some of y'all know my story. My wife definitely knows it. My mom knows it. I believe that maybe even half of my, the stuff that has come to me, like people giving me Mercedes, just crazy stuff. Happened because God validated me and vindicated me from what was done to me in my childhood that some people still don't believe happened. Well, I don't need them to believe it because it happened. I was abused. All kind of stuff happened, but I never looked at the person, never looked at the abuser, never looked at the the co conspirators or the enablers or whoever for vindication. Never ask them to apologize. Never ask them to give me money. Never ask them to do something to make it right. Never ask them to even acknowledge it. I look to God. Somebody say amen. Now I'm going to tell you, let everybody off the hook in your life and look to God for vindication. Because I'm going to tell you, all you're gonna get from them people is peanuts and pennies anyway. They might admit it, but then they half admit it, or they'll half admit it, and then say, well, it was your fault, or whatever, whatever. But y'all, if you don't need that, you forgive that, you walk away from the offense. Come on, somebody. Say they don't owe you, they don't have to apologize, they don't do nothing, and say, God, you vindicate me because you know what's right. And He will. <laughs> he will and y'all listen this he pays so good so God God pays good see when we don't forgive we trying to get somebody else to pay a human humans don't pay good but y'all I'm gonna tell you when you turn it over to God God pays good I don't care what happened to you whether you was physically abused verbally abused Left and neglected Given to a grandmama or auntie Whether you was molested No I don't care what happened If you will forgive those people Let those people off the hood Stop trying to be vindicated By all these other men And say God I leave my vindication to you Y'all I'm telling you Your life will never Be the same And if you believe that you ought to give God some praise Now that's the truth That's the truth. Are y'all tracking with me today? Think about Joseph. Here's the recap. I don't see that he did nothing wrong. I don't. He was a good son. He was a good brother. All right? And he had these dreams about his future, about what was going to happen to him. Basically, the dream was he was going to be rich. He was going to be a millionaire. And he was going to have power and influence. That was the dream. He told it to his brothers. His, the Bible say his brothers hated him. You put that put that on, on the screen. 37, 5 through 11. His brothers hated him. Because of what he told them. And then it didn't stop him. I like Joseph because he did not let people's words or reactions change him. He had no deficit, and he did not send, seek vindication from anybody. Y'all, I've had people tell me, you're never gonna make it, you're not the kind of person that can pull something big, All you can't do this, you can't do that. My high school principal is, actually happened uh, after I got my full scholarship. Um there were a couple of teachers and both of them was kind of like this. For whatever reason they didn't like me. Um one uh failed me to try to get my scholarship revoked and uh they started telling the principal all sorts of things because on National Sunday I signed uh with the college. Can y'all turn the heat down? Is it getting hot? Is it hot? Okay, you turn the heat down. Um but I signed on National Signing Day and uh, the principal was very proud of me. He announced it all over the house, the speaker, you know, and then he found out that I failed some classes or something and he, he's like, I'm so disappointed. You'll never be this, you'll never be that, you'll never be this. But now, people can say what they want. How many have had people in authority speak negative words of you? Let me see your hand. Okay. Now, do, keep your hand up. Do you remember those words? Yeah. I learned this years ago. You got to learn how to cut them words off from over your head. Because you were under them. That's authority. All right. We may do some of that tonight. But y'all, I didn't let those words sink in. Do you understand? There were people here not long ago when it was full, when we had our, we had our concert. There was people here that said, you'll never, you're not sharp enough, you're not polished enough, you're not this or that. But they had to come to the building where I was the pastor. Somebody say amen. amen. I didn't let those words get in. Here's what you do. If somebody speaks negative words, if somebody hates you, right, and they speak negative words over you, use those words as fuel to make it. Somebody say amen. Yeah. I knew I was going to make it because those words was pushing me forward. Now, some of y'all let those words hold you back. You start second guessing. Well, they said it. I guess they, you know, they should know it. No, I never let it. I never let it get inside. Y'all, there's a difference between around me and inside of me. Somebody say amen. There's a difference between people that are outside this building all around, their, their houses, their people that live it, right and there's a difference between those that are outside and those that are inside. Y'all, they can stay outside as long as they want, but don't never let those words get inside. Somebody say amen. amen. Tell somebody, don't let them get on the inside. Mm-hmm. And he dreamed a dream, told to his brothers, and then his daddy rebuked him, verse 10, right? His daddy rebuked him. Daddy didn't understand. His daddy loved him. Daddy rebuked him. All right. So, think about this, y'all. Here he is. He's placed himself in a position of, I need vindication and validation. Because at some point, and this is faith, y'all, and this is why many of you we not launch out in faith. You won't say what it is you want. You won't tell others. You won't announce it. You've got to announce the vision. Now, some people have said that the thing that, they, that uh, um, Joseph did wrong was tell his dream. No, you've got to tell your dream at some point. And the reason is because whoever God's going to use is going to emerge whoever he's going to use to help you, and then when you announce your assignment, you find out who your enemies are. You know, it's dangerous to live 10 years and not know who your enemy is. Not know who's with you. Who you with? Somebody say amen. You know they had a movie called Sleeping With the... You could be right in bed with the enemy and don't know it. So at some point, you gotta announce your assignment. Y'all, you know we put in the newsletter that we were, we were building a, a playground or something, and somebody in another city that I never met, never talked to, heard about it, and we put, that it, was, it was gonna be $25,000. Do you know that person saw us, saw the effect that we was having on somebody else, and said, man, I never met you, I don't know you, but I'm gonna send you a check for $25,000. Well, what if i have kept the, the, the vision to myself? No, there's a point which, when you announce a vision. Two things are gonna happen. You need to write this down. When you announce your vision or your goal, your enemies are gonna emerge. They will usually emerge first because they're gonna tell you, you can't do that. You What you think you, oh, you think you this and that? So you'll know you can't count on them. Hello? To reach a goal, but the second thing that can happen is somebody who has the means and the resources can hear about it and help you. Somebody say, "Amen." amen. It's been so many people. Somebody at a church, you know, big church service. Or something, somebody say, "I'm looking for a job." What do you do? Oh, I do this, I do that, and then somebody over there say, "Well, hey, I hire you because I'm looking for that person." If you don't say anything, how do they know they can help you? Somebody say amen. I mean, there's one way to look at it that he, that he told it beforehand. But y'all, if he hadn't told it, his brothers wouldn't have pushed him toward it. Here's the other thing you got to know about enemies. That's why you don't see validation from them. Your enemies can never hurt you. All they can do is help you and push you toward your destiny. They thought by selling him into slavery, which is what his brothers did. They was going to stop. Because remember they said, and and just read that whole chapter. But they said, we're going to do this and let's see what will happen, what will come of his dreams. They was trying to stop his dreams. But the enemy is so stupid that anything he does to try to stop your dream, come on somebody, pushes you toward it. I wish I had one amen on it. Do you know the devil thought he had Jesus when he crucified him on the cross? He said, We got him now, we got him now, we got him now, we got him now. He ain't gonna be doing no more miracles, he ain't gonna be raising nobody else from the dead. We got him now. We done shut his mouth, he dead. We crucified him. (laughs) That was all in God's plan. You know, the Bible said, if they had known. What was gonna happen when Jesus rose from the dead? The devil would have never crucified him. Devil couldn't hurt him. They can talk about you, they crucify you, they can do all kinds of stuff. Stab me in the back. You know, I was so hurt. I had a friend that was real close to ministry. Just stab me in the back, turn, turn against me. Y'all, that was the best thing. Was that the best thing for me? That was the best thing for me and my ministry at the time. We had to separate because, on down the road, he was going to get into immorality. He was going to do all kinds of stuff that would have been associated with me. <laughs> I remember years ago, my cousin, who passes, who used to pass at that big church down in Atlanta, Jamal Brown passes it now. I was calling him, calling him on the phone. I had his phone number, and I said, Bishop, can you do the forward to my book, the SAT? And he did, and he forgot about it, and I felt bad. Like, man, why? You know, he could have just, my book could have gone, could have sold a lot of books. <laughs> do you know that didn't hurt me? Because y'all, I'm so glad. Come on, somebody. Y'all remember what happened to him? I'm so glad his name wasn't associated on my book. Do you see what I'm saying? Your enemies can't hurt you. They can only help you. That's why you got to stop looking for validation from everybody else and look for it from the Lord. Somebody say. Y'all, I'm preaching better than y'all saying amen tonight, but that's all right. (laughs) So. What do I do in the meantime? I outworked the competition, that's what he did. Look at Genesis 39, Joseph was brought down to Egypt. He was a slave. He was sold to Potiphar, an officer, uh, a pharaoh, a captain of the guard, he was a real important person. He was an Egyptian, he brought brought him at the hands of the Israelites, which had brought him down, and the Lord was with Joseph and he was prosperous. I don't care where they put you, y'all, If you're not prospering right now, stop making excuses about everybody else did something to you. You can prosper in jail. That's what he did. I don't know. Maybe wacky. I I can't verify the veracity of that, but Mike Tyson said the best thing for him was to go to prison. (laughs) That's what he said. He said he excelled in prison. Y'all, if you're a winner, you can win anywhere. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Stop blaming. Y'all, people blame too Y'all, I had Gina, did I have an excuse to fail? All the things that happened in my life, I had a lot of excuses to fail. I didn't, I didn't take none. I didn't blame my parents, I didn't blame my dad, I didn't blame my mama, I didn't blame the, the abuser, didn't blame nobody, I didn't blame nobody for nothing, y'all. Y'all, I took responsibility. I say if God is real, he can take me from anywhere I am and take me to where he wants me to be. Somebody say, amen. amen. If he raised Lazarus from the dead, amen. y'all, there's no excuse. Amen. Stop complaining. And making excuses, daddy liked her more than me. Mama liked him more than me. My last boss was racist. My la- y'all, every racist person that I've ever come in contact with, they only propelled, y'all, y'all they, only, they only pushed me into my future. Amen. And I'm the blackest, darkest black person you know. Somebody say amen. amen. Y'all, it's never stopped me. You can't stop me. Come on, somebody. I I can't be stopped. Somebody say amen. Not because of who I am, but because greater is he. Come on, somebody. That lives in me. That he that is in the world. You can't stop me because I'm more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. love. You can't stop me because he said, I will be the head and not the tail. So when you sulking and complaining, Do you remember those scriptures? But it's always somebody. It's always somebody. Now y'all, what if he was stuck with what his brothers did? If you're down and depressed about, he was away from his brother, he was away from his daddy, he was away from his mom. At 17, got sold into slavery. Would that put somebody in depression? These days? Yeah. Okay. So depression, my brother, if he depressed, is he gonna perform high? No. So obviously he was not depressed by what somebody did to him. He kept performing. Somebody say amen. I don't care where you come from. You come from the hood. You had to live. You had to sleep in the bed with six other people. And two of them peed in the bed. You didn't have enough food. You didn't have the right clothes. They, they talked about you and bullied you at school. Y'all, it don't matter what. It don't matter. If you get saved, you get with God. You give your life to God. Y'all, you, I'm telling you. That bully will be valid in your car. When you go to Roof Chris, hoping for a tip, somebody say amen. amen. I'm telling you, it's helping. How did Joseph get over this? He didn't seek his vindication from his dad. He didn't seek his vind—his own dad rebuked him. His dad was the one that loved him. You know, was. He was the favorite, gave him the coat of many colors. His dad rebuked him, his brothers. Uh, wanted to kill him. His mama probably didn't understand that what was going on. Y'all, he didn't need none of them. He didn't need no validation by any of them. He didn't need no co-signing or words of affirmation from any of them. It would have been good if you had it. Now, don't get me wrong. It would have been good if I would have had a good childhood. It would have been good if I came up with a two-parent home and my daddy wouldn't have beat my mama and would have stayed with my mom. It would have been good if we had two income. It would have been good if we didn't have to eat government tea. It would have been good if I didn't have to wear hand-me-down clothes. But the fact of the matter was, those were the cause I was dealt. But I was saved. I was full of the Holy Ghost and I took the word of God and I said, I'm going to win. Yo, stop it. Everybody look at me. Stop it. Because that's what you're doing in your life right now. Wherever you are, you blaming it on something. Would have been that? Yeah, you you're looking at, I'm telling you, I don't think, this is what I'm going to say. I'm going to put it out there. I don't think anybody in here has had the level of trauma I've had. I don't think. Out of the they, 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 10 aces, I had eight of them. Adverse childhood experiences. If you think you, you had as many as me, come talk to me at church. I don't think you have. <clears throat> And still, God showed us how to win. First things first. It'd been nice if daddy was there. It'd have be been nice with this and that. It'd have be been nice if you had a good relationship with your mom. It'd have be been like, and see, that's what we do. That's what you, we compare ourselves with other people. And we see somebody prospering. Oh, so she had a good mom and dad. That's why. Or her mom and dad was rich. That's why. Oh, she, she, oh here's, here's the big one. I love this, my brother. Hey, they had somebody to support them. I didn't have nobody to support me. My gosh. You need to grow up. You need to get saved. You need to meet God. Is God all powerful? Yes. Don't we say God can do anything? Yes. Who did Joseph have support of? Please tell me. He only had support of Potiphar's stanky, nasty wife. Trying to support him over in her bed. His boss's wife wanted to sleep with him. <laughs> he didn't have no support. Somebody say amen. amen. But yet he kept performing. He kept performing. Are you willing to perform? Now psychologists and all this pop stuff—they are gonna tell you, oh, that's that's—it's it's, it's unhealthy to continue on. You you've gotta you've gotta deal with it. You've gotta bring it up. You've gotta work through it. You've gotta do that, blah, blah 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 all that stuff, y'all. I'm gonna tell you, I didn't go to no counseling. They didn't put me on no uh, Prozac. She didn't put me on no drug. I didn't have none of that. I didn't have none of the stuff that we had. I didn't even have deliverance, y'all. But I did have a knowledge that God could do anything, and I said. God, I remember laying in the bed in in the South Park and not having enough. My mama working overtime trying to make it, couldn't make it. I remember laying up in my bed that I could see a little bit of the stars through the roof because we needed a roof job and it would rain in the room and all that stuff. And I remember looking up and saying, God, if you're God, I know you're going to get me out of this. One day I'm going to marry my high school sweetheart. One day we're going to be married and I'll never divorce. We're going to have children that'll never grow up like me and i just dream. I believe God. Anybody believe God? Everybody say stop it. I'm talking to you. Stop it. She know I'm talking to Stop it. Stop it. With all, all excuses, all the poor mouthing, all the, oh, must be nice. I wish I had it like that. Stop it. Because really, outwardly you're a Christian, but inwardly you're an atheist. You know, the Bible says, a fool says in his heart, there is no God. No matter what you say with your mouth. And it say the fool saying with his mouth there's no God. He says in his heart. So when you're looking at your life circumstances and you feeling hopeless and I'll never get married and I'll never, la, 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 you're saying secretly in your heart that there is no God, that there isn't a God more powerful than the circumstance I'm in. There is not a God that can take me out of where I am and bring me to where I'm supposed to be. There is not a God. You're, you're, you're outwardly a Christian, but you're in your heart an atheist. Now do you believe God or don't you? I believe God. (laughs) Somebody say amen. No matter what position you're in. Watch this, my sister. What about this? Some of y'all, it's just unfair. Oh my God. Makes me vomit. It's just unfair. It's just unfair. Those are the men in 2024, not the women. <laughs> Some fair. Was it fair what happened to Joseph? Whining and belly aching and poor Was it was it fair that his brother sold him? Was it fair when Potiphar hired him and trusted him, he did the best job he could do, topped everybody, and then his old nasty state wife accused him of rape when he wouldn't sleep with her at all? Was that fair? Was it fair that he was thrown into prison? See, that's the other thing. We seek invalidation and vindication when something happens that's unfair. There are a lot of things that happened to me that was unfair. Yes? A lot of things happened to me that was unfair. Right? It was unfair. Why <laughs> didn't stay there, y'all? If you live in the world of unfair, then your biggest goal in life is gonna be justice. That's what got black people. That's why black people, y'all, we so messed up right now. Cause we still fighting for justice. For something to happen 400 years ago. Y'all, can I give you news flash? If they gave us reparations. If they gave us a million dollars each. I, I saw when uh somebody doing the, um, doing COVID, the, the stimulus checks with whatever. How much was that first one? Anybody remember? Huh? Fourteen hundred. It's fourteen hundred. Yeah. So they gave the black race a million dollars apiece. Do you know how fast they have it back? No, this happened. I was in Deerbrook. Somebody had fourteen hundred dollars. They had their check. They went. To, they went to the counter, a uh, 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 Foot Locker, sneaker hut, or whatever it was. They say, give me $1,400 worth of Jordans and Shoes. You know, you could have invested that money. That was back when crypto was doing good. Like, bro, you ever heard of crypto? (laughs) $1,400 on some sneakers? That's our people. And we, we keep talking about it's unfair and no justice, no peace and all that stuff. But if you'll seek for vindication of God. He went, Joseph never fought for justice. He didn't call Al Sharpton. He didn't call Jesse Jackson. He didn't have a press conference. He didn't write a letter about how it was so unfair. Come on somebody. He trusted God. How many of us trust God? Alright, here we go. So he trusted God. How does vindication come? How does vindication come? So he went. He went from the pit to uh, Potiphar to the prison unjustly. It was all unfair. Anybody been remotely through anything like that? Anybody? What are you crying about? (laughs) Y'all still maintain what God was going to do and stayed excellent. So we told you, outwork everybody, outperform, right? How many of y'all got that goal this year? I'm just going to outperform. Anything I'm doing, I'm outperforming. Amen. Praise God. All right. So that's that's number one. Here's the second key. Be patient. Be patient. Why? Why? Grow not weary and well-doing. Y'all remember that one? <laughs> Grow not weary and well doing, for in due season you gotta wait. Your season is gonna come if you keep out, keep outperforming. Out yes. All right. So we talked about objective versus subjective. Let's go back again. Subjective means information or perspectives based on feelings, opinions, or emotions. It spells foe. F O E. Foe means your enemy. Many times, not all the time, but many times, your feelings are negative, your opinions are wrong, and your emotions are negative and counterproductive, counterintuitive. You cannot live in the world of feelings, opinions, and emotions. Your feelings are not always wrong, your opinions are not always wrong, and your emotions are not always negative. You just can't live into that world, and you can't make decisions based solely on your feelings, opinions, and emotions. That's called subjective information. So if Joseph would have had that dream and it never pans out, that was a subjective idea he had of himself. Overinflated idea that he would rule over his mom and dad, that he would be rich one day. It was a fantasy. It never came true. But we started getting clues that this was not a subjective dream because he kept outperforming he kept being recognized his master saw that the Lord was with him hello same thing we keep using all the time but if you gotta ask 20 people are you losing weight what's the answer you're not losing weight (laughs) that's what that means cause when you really start losing weight people gonna be like Hey, you sick? That's what dudes ask just, You sick? You all right? <laughs> and then women ask each other, "What you do? You got the staple? You got the sleeve? You got the... <laughs> no, 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 no. You got the tuck. What you do? Right? But they gonna see it. It's observable, which leads to the next one: objective truth. So the first thing is. I work, I work the competition. The next thing is, I always seek for objective, means verifiable information based on facts and evidence, and I'll add outside of you. Outside of you. Outside of you. Your mama, grandmama, and cousin told you you sing, you sing like an angel, but Simon, Randy, and Paula say, no way, Jose. That's not Objective. But when Simon say when he hit the buzzer, like whoa. When Randy Jackson say, whoa, you we ain't heard nothing good as this. You, see, that's objective. Cause now you got some evidence outside of you. Do you understand what I'm saying? So what are we gonna do first? We're gonna outwork the competition. We're gonna outperform. Yes? Until I'm recognized. Here's what some of y'all do. See, pastor, I'm performing. See, see, boss man, I'm performing. Don't do that. You're still seeking and vindication from the wrong source. Hello? So I'm just going to be patient. I'm just going to outwork the competition. Yeah? Number two, I'm going to seek for objective truth. Truth outside of me. Evidence outside of me. <laughs> my mom is medical. She gets this, Uh <laughs> She asks my wife, how's your sugar? Oh, I, I feel like it's okay. <laughs> you know, you can feel like it's okay and have a 320 sugar reading. What you mean feel like? She going to ask you, when last time you checked your blood sugar? Oh, <laughs> I Three months. Well, let's check it right here. See now we get an objective. High blood pressure, same thing. I feel all right. I ain't got no headache. My nose not bleeding. Can we take your can we take the read note? <laughs> you need objective. Something, and then some people argue with the thing. Oh no, mama, say 320. Oh, that's wrong. That must be wrong. Your machine must be no. Seeing it, whatever, based on what? Why am I saying the machine wrong? Do you know some of y'all do that kind of stupid stuff? When objective truth comes, you argue with it. Every time you get evaluated on, the, on your job, any job is always something, 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 something. Why does this keep happening on the job? Maybe you're not performing. Why is it so quiet on that point? All right. Vindication. To confirm, substantiate, provide. Justification. We talked about the difference between vindictive, having or showing a strong or unreasoning desire for revenge. Simon and Randy and Paula say, No way, Jose. These people run out of the, the, the American auto audition room, cussing, no, before they run out, cussing. Them. I see somebody try to jump over the table. Some dude picked up the coke, splashed it in Simon's face. You, you was waiting for my approval five minutes ago. You was auditioning for me. I said no. Now I want revenge. Now I'm vindictive. There are people in this room. You're vindictive. That's why you can't get nowhere. So that's the difference between vindic- vindictiveness and being vindicated. Vin- vindicated to clear someone of blame and suspicion. All right, look at Romans 12, 19. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourself, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine. I, who, who said it? What did he say? I will. Now, here's what we thought. When he said, I will repay, we thought he talking about repay our enemies. No, he's talking about repay us for the damage, for all the abuse, for all the suffering. Somebody say amen. He say, I'm going to vindicate you. Remember, I kept saying he'll pay good. We keep trying to get people to pay. Let God pay. Somebody say amen. amen. He's a trezillionaire, whatever that is. <laughs> Limitless funds. Hello? Hmm. Let's go to number 16 in the message. Let's go there, and I'm going to be done. Here's another. So what happens to Joseph? I didn't, I didn't finish it, because some of y'all might not know the story. Well, Joseph got thrown into prison, He interprets two people's dreams. He's left there for I think two more years or three more years, something like that. Was it two? Two more years. And finally, the Pharaoh calls for him to interpret his dream. When he interprets the Pharaoh's dream, he becomes second in command to Pharaoh. Do you think he was rich? Do you think he had all the resources of the land? The Pharaoh loved him so much that when his brothers, who, stole, who sold him, they reunited, he said, we're going to give you a whole city called Goshen for you and your family. That's what happened to Joseph. Let's see, Moses. Getting on a high horse one day, Korah, the son of Izhar the son of Koab, the son of Levi, along with a few Rebanites, uh, all these names, they rebelled against Moses. Oh, God. Let's see who Moses was. Moses was the one that had performed 10 signs, wonders, and miracles to get them free from slavery. Moses was the ones that when they were at the Red Sea with their back and Pharaoh was coming, Pharaoh's getting ready to kill them, was the one that heard from God, lifted up the rock, split the Red Sea, and walked over on the dry land. Moses was the one that called down manna from heaven so they could have food. Moses was the one that uh, hit the uh, stone and and, uh, and water came out so they could drink. Moses, Moses, Moses was the one. Moses was the primary source of blessing. The primary source of favor for Korah and all them. But now there's a problem. They rebelled against Moses. And watch this. Had talked 250 other leaders, my God, in the congregation of Israel into it prominent men with positions. Who, I wonder who gave them the positions. I wonder who gave them the positions. Moses. Look what happens. Keep going. They came as a group confronted Moses and Aaron saying, you've overstepped yourself. Oh my God. They don't know how close to death they were. You've overstepped yourself. This, is, this entire community is holy, and God is in their midst. So why do you act like you're running the whole show? Oh, my God. Because I am. Number four, on hearing this, Moses threw himself face down on the ground. What was he doing then? The Bible says he was the meekest man on earth. He wasn't looking the man to vindicate him. He fell on the ground. He said, Lord, what should we do? These people have come against me. They've raised a rebellion against me. They might be try, trying to kill me. Listen to what happened. He threw himself on the ground. Then he addressed Cora in his game. Obviously, God spoke to him. He said in the morning, God will make clear who is on his side and who is holy. Who's going to make clear? God. Not me. Did you hear Moses arguing with this dude? (laughs) You know. No, man, join better than LeBron. No, LeBron, all that stuff. He didn't argue with this dude. He said in the morning, God will make clear who's on this side, who's holy. God will take a stand with the one he chooses. Keep going. Oh, this is so good. Now, Cor, here's what I want you to do. Take you and your, your game tomorrow, and y'all bring censers and the presence of the Lord. Put fire on them and incense. Then we'll see who's holy, who God chose. Sons of Levi, you've overstepped yourselves. Anybody overstepped with you? Huh? Talk to you crazy? Treat you like you was nothing? Huh? What should you do? Cuss him out and ask for forgiveness. What should you do? Shoot him the finger. What should you do? Huh? Report him to HR, whatever, right? No, this is what he said. God. He said, God will do it. <laughs> Look at this. He said, uh, You've overstepped. It isn't enough for you to God. The God of Israel has selected you out of the congregation of Israel to bring you to serve him in the midst of the ministries of the dwelling of God and to stand before the congregation to minister to them. Let me tell you, they was less than 24 hours from dying because of what they said to Moses. The Bible said Moses was the meekest man on earth. Watch this, keep going. <laughs> and he brought to you, keep going. <clears throat> keep going. Keep going. So here is uh, oh this this is great. So here's how disrespectful they got to Moses. Go back, go back one to 13. Yeah. <laughs> Moses ordered Dathan, Abiram, and Eliab to appear, but they said, We're not coming. Oh my God. We're not even coming, Moses. Oh. My son would say, disrespectful. Is that disrespectful? We're not coming. Isn't it enough that you yanked us out of the land flowing with milk and honey to kill us in the wilderness? And now you keep trying to boss us around. Oh God. They was less than 24 hours from their death. Because God was getting ready to vindicate them. I'ma just add aside, not too much over much on this. But y'all, if you identify somebody's anointed, somebody's a man or woman of God somebody got signs, of wonders, and miracles that follow them and that you've benefited from. Y'all, be very careful what you're saying. Do you understand what I'm saying? People don't connect the dots. Some people have health problems because of what they said. <laughs> um, keep going. This is going to be so good. Now, Moses, the meekest man on earth, his temple blazed hot. He said to God. Don't accept the grain offerings. I haven't taken so much as a single donkey from any of them. I haven't heard a single hair on their head. Moses said to Korah, bring your people before the God tomorrow. That's it. All right. Now, let's skip down. Uh, and I'm done. Ooh, God. Look at 28. Moses continued to address the community. He said, this is how you'll know that it was God who sent me to do all the things and that it wasn't anything I cooked up on my own. Here's how you're going to know. God's going to vindicate me. Listen to this. If these men die a natural death like the rest of us, you'll know that it wasn't God who sent me. Keep going. But if God does something unprecedented, if the ground opens up and swallows the lot of them, and they are pitched alive into Sheol or hell, then you'll know that these men have been insolent against God. Keep going. The words were hardly out of his mouth, Moses, when the earth split open. The earth opened its mouth, and in one goat swallowed them down. The men, their families, and all the human beings, watch this connected to Korah. I'm going to tell you this and I'm done. When you really figure out who you are in God all that striving and arguing yeah I don't hardly do that with people no more. I don't. Because in a minute and most of the time I let it go. See, like Moses, he will let a lot of stuff go up to now. But y'all, if I ever say to God, hey, God, handle this. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of this person. Y'all, And, and you know, I've worked for a lot of school districts and a lot of places. I'll tell you this and i close this story with this. I was at a place one time, and this person worked at the place. And um, I'm gonna tell you, in my experience working secular, y'all, the per- people I had the hardest problem with was supposedly other Christians. This person was supposedly a minister and everything. Someone right about them, it just wasn't right, him or her, because you know hers can be ministers too. Someone write about them. And uh, we just couldn't, we just didn't mix, couldn't click. And and then after a while, this person uh, was in a position pretty, we were pretty lateral, but they were in certain instances, I was in their sphere. And one time, they they had done this a couple of times and just tried to make me look bad, but one time went for the juggler. And basically, based on what they said, I mean, I could have been fired or whatever. And, y'all, I had been (laughs) really just, I got tired of it. And I went to the Lord. I said, God, I said, you know, I walked in love, gave him gifts anonymously, just so I could make sure my heart was right, tried to encourage and all this kind of stuff. I said, God. I'm tired of this. I said, you're going to have to do something about this. I said, vindicate me. Well, the person that tried to get me fired, and I told you they was kind of weird, got caught up with almost like some pedophile, underage, same-sex stuff, got found out by the same people that I could have got fired from and had to resign. Y'all, that happened quickly. It's not witchcraft. I didn't say, God, do this or that. I said, God, vindicate me. And then everybody knew that I was the innocent one. And of course, they were very guilty. You don't have to fight. You don't have to strive. You don't have to push yourself forward. You don't have to buy stuff you can't afford. You don't have to live for the gram or social media. If push ever come to shove, God will vindicate you. So let me ask you this. When Joseph became Second in command to Pharaoh. And Potiphar was just an officer of the guard to Pharaoh. Who was over who in the end? Joseph was over Pharaoh. He was over, I mean, he was over Potiphar. He was over the wife that falsely accused her. He was over the prison guards. Hello? Can anybody spell vindication? And I'm going to tell you, if you will take these messages that I'm preaching, these principles, this year, 2024, will be that year of vindication for you. Y'all, me and my brother, Dr. Rogers, we are so careful, so careful with our words. I'm, I'm, I'm learning to be long-suffering because I've had those reactions from God several times with people. Some people have died. Never pray for nobody to die. But I'm going to tell you, we are so careful. And I've learned to be more patient and long-suffering with people. Because you don't want nothing to happen to people. But I'll be trying to tell people, my sister, hey, leave me alone. <laughs> like me Leave me alone. You know what young people say, you don't want no smoke over here. Somebody say amen. amen. And the smoke not gonna come from me. The smoke ain't gonna come from me. It's gonna come from Next scripture. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel and take every one of them. A according to the house of their father. So this is another way. And we'll get to this next time. But the other thing God will do. Is he'll take what you do. Put an anointing on it. And nobody can do what you do. You ever seen that happen? Can't nobody do what you do. And then when you off something. They, I can do their job. They can't. It, you come back. It's all messed up. You ever seen that? And they calling you on your off day. Oh, Susie, what the word? We don't know. Man, shoot, Janice didn't know what she was doing. <laughs> Hello? Yeah. that's This is going to be the secret of your anointing. Your assignment is where, where your rod buds and other people's don't. I know who I am. I ain't got to preach like T.D. Jakes or nobody else. Ain't never tried to. Ain't never tried to be like. Because my anointing is who I am. Somebody say amen. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed.